Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. We're making big waves with Beach Day Giveaway at Muggleshoot Casino. Win up to $50,000 on Friday, June 10th, 17th, and 24th inside Galaxy. Earn entries daily when you play using your Muggleshoot Rewards card. Your first entry is free. Beach Day Giveaway, this June at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Thanks for joining us on our weekly podcast during the 2022 Emerald Downs season. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, Bill Downs here at the track. And we've got our regular structure. Hope you enjoy it. Our guest today is Anthony the Big A Stabile, the Beast of the Belmont. He'll be with us in segment number two to go over a... uh, an outstanding Belmont Stakes card. I believe it's eight grade ones. Field size a little shorter than normal years, but boy, some great matchups, including that Met Mile build downs. Yeah, the West versus East, Flightline versus Speaker's Corner. Um, it, it, even though it's uh, just a field of five, it's a, a race that you're going to want to certainly take a look, and we'll get Anthony's uh, thoughts on that Metropolitan Handicap, or as I like to call it, the Met Mile. And, uh, hey, the Big A does a little uh, race calling in the winter there, subbing for John Embryol. I'm sure you've heard him. Well, he's in your fraternity, man. Yeah. Well, he does the handicap, and he does a little bit of everything. You know, it's kind of like a lot of people tend to have multiple jobs uh, when they're in the horse racing industry, as as you well know. Yeah. Vince, uh, are we in that fraternity? We called quite a few races last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really consider myself <laughs> part either. of the fraternity, but nah, I've done it, and I get a healthy respect for what guys like Bill do just by, you know, going up there and the heat is on, they're loading in the gate, and geez, you're kind of going, boy, do I got this field down here? What's going to happen here? Am I ready? Boy, uh-oh, I don't know that horse. <laughs> you know, it's your mind is kind of racing there, so I, I, I'm sure Bill, and once you more practice at it, you settle down a bit. Yeah. Well, he, have you looked at Belmont much this week? Because I re- no, I really haven't. Vince so. is running the Emerald Racing Club, and he's doing the news and notes and uh, uh, doing the morning line, which uh, that's that takes a little introspection to uh, do a good job on that, which you certainly do. So, yeah, 
I really didn't look that closely at Belmont, and but uh, I'm sure the Big A is going to, his enthusiasm going to lead me to a few spots. So let's talk Emerald Downs for a moment here. Hey, this week, racing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we start our $5 Fridays this week. First race, 7 p.m. We've got some great $5 specials in both food and beverage here on Friday nights. And we'll do it at 7 p.m. Then Saturday and Sunday, first race at 2. We've got seven races Saturday, eight races on Sunday. And uh, that is our schedule going to be for some time. We have bulldog races on Sunday, weather permitting. Um, And Bill's going to jump into the uh, dog racing calling. Yes, I've done wiener dogs, never done the bulldogs. I don't think they'll go as uh, far as the wiener dogs, nor will they go as fast. But uh, interested to see the uh, excitement uh, that uh, the owners have out there uh, watching their uh, the, watching their pets run. Is that true that uh, all things being equal, uh, uh, Dachshund will beat a uh, bulldog? I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. Bulldog got a lot of like weight. We they got a, a lot of weight there. So Thoroughbred will beat an Arabian. We know that. Well, we, yeah, we know that. that. Those Arabians. And, uh, quarter horse over a very short distance can beat a thoroughbred. But what, then, what is it? It's like eight seven. Is it the eight seventies kind of like or a thousand yards? It's like the. Where, 870, where, where they, 870 kind of brings them together where mm-hmm. the the thoroughbreds are catching up to the quarters at that distance yeah. usually yeah so but certainly down a straightaway you know if you were to go well you know a quarter mile then a quarter horse would have the edge but with with uh dogs i'm not sure so it's kind of interesting discussion to me you guys were might have been both in california didn't Valiant Pete beat Griswold in an 870 match yeah, race. Yeah, no, something? that was in 1990. Yeah. 90, okay. Yeah. And, that was that uh, long ago. That oh. was a great race. I remember I've seen the video of it many times, and uh, apparently the quarter horse people showed up and bet their money that day. There was a lot of uh, side betting going on. A great event. So uh, wish we could have something like that at some point. Okay, well, hey, let's go over last week's uh, honors here at Emerald Downs as uh, we like to recognize our top achievers for the week. Vince? Yes, sir. Uh, We we know that Alex Cruz had an outstanding week. Kevin Radke had a nine-win week in just two days. Hey, nine wins in three days isn't bad either for Alex Alex Cruz. Cruz, Yeah, no, he got the jockey of the week, including the five on a seven race card uh, what yeah. was it? and then uh, trainer liz kowalski she got her first emerald downs win um and then our owner alan peterson he's got that nine nice horse uh fantastic day yeah who uh got up another for another another nice win excuse me the washington bread it's all about the ride bred by jenny weber and ken jokemson and then our quarter shoot cafe groom of the week julio mena marodia works for blaine Wright. blaine another three wins i believe last week outstanding yeah it's all about the ride bill you stuck with him good pick there he came down quite a bit toward the end of the wagering but you know that will happen but uh good victory there for the bonnie jenny trainee by harbor the gold speaking of harbor the gold uh vince texted me i missed it live darn it um i think it's the first time i mean you know i've been here i don't remember a horse a sire having the top four finishers in one race which happened last saturday that maiden special yeah the race for a horse we just talked about it's all about yeah, the ride and he won it the the filly for blaine wright the miss bella miss bella the sister to bella mia uh, second was second let's see who was time to medal time to medal a newcomer here right another 
Frank Lucarelli Frank trainee. Lucarelli He's and, had a few good Harbor of the Golds. And, and then getting fourth was Hermiston, was it? Exactly. Yeah, for Hermiston out of Felice the Cat, which makes him a full to Mach 1 rules. So, uh, yeah, Harbor of the Gold, he's done everything here at Emerald Downs. Hermiston is where he stood, Harbor of the Gold, Hermiston, Oregon, for so many years for the Christoffersons. So the first four finishers, I think a Demon Warlock had the top three several years ago, and that's probably been done by Harbor of the Gold. Yeah, I think Harbor of the Gold has had at least three a couple times here over the last few years, but four is uh, quite an accomplishment. And that was a good race, a maiden special. Yeah, and we did have four second-time Emerald Downs winners for the meet on Saturday as well. And one on Friday, Heredia Boxer became the first one, and then we had four of them on uh, on Saturday. Uh, including Big Fashion, you know, was one of the first three horses to win two at the meet. If you would have told you opening night that that horse would be among that group, wouldn't you have thought it would win opening night? It didn't. It lost, but it's still yeah. got two wins already. That's right. And favorites, hey, handicappers are really doing well. Favorites won 15 out of the 23 races last week. And uh, for 69 races at the meet, 34 winning favorites. And uh, that's a really high figure for us or any track, but that's the way it's gone so far. So uh, we've only had one 10 to one winner so far. It's a few nine to ones, but just- So yeah, Jersey Red got a nice win and Democrat won a nice feature yeah. race at a price though, coming around a little bit. I saw where Canterbury Park, it's kind of a, we kind of look as a little bit of a sister track, right time of year, kind of a mid-level track. They're at about 50% for the meet too, so. Hopefully when the weather turns, and uh, personally, I like to see a little bit more long shots running Me too. In. Yeah. So. And, that would be me. Yeah. So, but it's been very formful. How about that fantastic day win on Saturday, Bill Downs? You called that, and he was, he did go off even money at the end, but boy, the middle of the turn, the way mm -hmm. the race patterns have been going the first several weeks, uh, he was, he had to be eight eight to 10 lengths out of it there. Yeah. Uh, Cruz got the fantastic day off the rail angled for a clear run turning for home. And, you know, pace was quick and yeah. Muncie hit the front uh, at the, about the eighth pole. And, and, you know, I was you know calling the race live. I'm like, okay, Muncie might get there. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, like, let's take a look on the outside. And here comes uh, Cruz and fantastic day to uh, run down Muncie uh, to get up for that uh, win. Uh, in that uh, in that claiming race. Yeah, that was quite a win against uh, the pattern. Yeah, the pace was hot with uh, Lawan in there and uh, also um, well, Chumley broke on top at well, Forever Howard Gold. Gold. Howard Belber's yeah. other horse. And yeah. Howard, you know, that he looked like he was going to get a win there. Muncie got a beautiful trail behind those two and did everything right and still got beat. You know, Fantastic Day originally started with Bob Baffert, we might remember came up here in 2020 and set the record for biggest winning margin ever 22 and a half lengths yeah. he, i think he won a maiden five and he originally cost a half million dollars i i don't know what went wrong down southern california but he's shown he's a pretty classy horse yeah he's four for six at this track now fantastic day from trainer george rosales who had a good week so yeah the jockey race is pretty darn good again uh like last year it was a, a one win victory for Alex Cruz over Julian Couton and uh, Radke's still on top, but uh, Juan Gutierrez and, and Alex Cruz are right behind, aren't they? Yeah, these guys are all taking turns having big days. Yeah. Kevin Radke, 17, Alex Cruz, 15, Juan Gutierrez, 14, and then it goes down to Javier Matias in fourth with seven. And Candy Kreiderman uh, 
and her main owner, John Parker, they are my active. My guy, my guy, John Parker. <laughs> you know those silks? Yes, I love those silks. Yeah. Bright yellow with a little bit of black, but uh, mostly yellow and uh, easy to spot uh, on those uh, rainy days. That's another reason why I love the John Parker you know, silks. Those, those silks have been in action. I was in here a little bit on Monday, and I look up, and I say, I know those silks. The first race from Parks mm. happened to be on a horse called Tazam that John had just claimed for $5,000, won a $21,000 awesome. purse off the claim. And then later today at Belmont, right. he's got uh, little JP in the $150,000 or $200,000 Tremont stakes. So a homebred uh, for John Parker, 20 to 1 on the morning line. Yeah, two-year-old stake. Uh, in fact, that horse, little JP, is a brother to Gold Rush Dancer. Right, is Dances on Water is the dam. Uh, Prospect Park, the freshman sire, is the stallion. Okay. Good luck to John. He is a popular guy at Emerald Downs, really helping to make our racing as good as it possibly can be. So, uh, yeah. Also, we gave away our Friday T-shirts, Friday past, June 3rd. You can still get a T-shirt at the gift shop for $10, which is a good price for a nice T-shirt. And that T-shirt is good for free admission on all subsequent Fridays here at the meeting. So you can still get a uh, Fab Friday t-shirt from our gift shop for $10. All right. Uh, news and notes at emeralddowns.com. They are up. Awesome. This morning. Yep. Yeah. We're getting into the Thursday routine now. So every Thursday morning, usually they will be at emeralddowns.com. I noticed last week Harbor the Gold only had one win, but we know he had a couple last week with Spit and Image. And, and he's up to three now, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the traditional big sires are a little bit slow out of the gate this year. I think Abraj has three, Harbor the Gold three, uh, Wilburn, who's an out of state sire, I think he's got one horse with a couple wins, kind of pushed him up near the top right now, too. Yeah. Well, so many ship ins from Turf Paradise, of course. So, all right, uh, we're going to do some handicapping as well. Uh, let's see, anything else from uh, last week, this week? We've got uh, training days on YouTube. We did a little training day action. we got some new horses on there. And I know a lot of the barns like to check that out to see training day. It's just a, a couple-minute video. Go to Emerald Downs channel of YouTube, Emerald Downs Training Day, and you'll find uh, the dates for all of the ones this year. So there is that. And hey, let's take a break. Come back with the big A, Anthony Stabil, here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races a few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void to prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 
simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter's ended. Reach strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness. The longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. That was Rich Strike winning the 2022 Kentucky Derby at that huge number of 80-something to one. Uh, Bill, uh, both of you know, I'm sure you've come across somebody that had a couple bucks on him. I know, you know, one or two people around here that bet him for some reason or another. Well, one of my old roommates from over the years, you know, being in horse racing so long, you have lots of roommates, it seems like. And one of my years was uh, with a, a jockey agent by the name of Jeff Perrin. And Jeff Perrin is the jockey agent for Sonny Leone. No kidding. Yeah. So I had to I didn't even know it at the time when he won the Derby. And then I, I found out he won it. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. He's got to be on cloud nine. And he still is. So, yes. So, there you go. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, our guest today undoubtedly knows one or two New Yorkers that might have had a buck or two. I don't know why on Rich Strike. But let's uh, bring him in right now. Our Belmont bastion of building bankrolls. That. Hey, I did that right on the spur of the moment. Alliteration. That wasn't bad. Anthony Stabile, the big A from New York. Anthony, good to have you on, especially Belmont Stakes Week. You left out the most important Uh bee this time of year. Big. Joe, the beast of the Belmont. The beast of the Belmont. I've heard that a lot on all your shows. Sorry about that. I I thought I was rolling good. But uh, in the past, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. You're gonna pass for most things. Thanks much, Anthony. And you're not that big anymore. What's going? What's going on there? Uh, that stuff's just 127 wow. pounds at last check. Yeah, wow. it's time to do something about it. And uh, it was one of the last things I really had to be able to get my hands around. But uh, fantastic. I think I this time. We keep, we've kept losing. Hey. I lost 27 pounds in Saratoga last year. So. Uh, with Saratoga five weeks away, we're going to try and uh, do that this year. Yeah, that that is great. Uh, best of health to you. You know, you have so much knowledge for your age. He's a youngin, and uh, we've had the pleasure of having him talking to our West Coast and uh, actually Western Washington fans on KJR and our Win Place show and here on our podcast for a whole bunch of years now. Anthony, Belmont Stakes Week. Let's start with that rich strike. Uh uh, were you just shaking your head as you finally figured out which horse that was zooming up the inside in May in, in Kentucky? So if it comes epicenter, Zandon, Zandon epicenter, mm. I went about 16,000 oh between a couple of pick fives, uh, the late, that late pick five, not the all stakes pick five, because like a true degenerate, I bet the late pick five as well. Um, and I had a gigantic exacta box. I thought it was a two-horse race and hmm. ran around for a month. And they're going to turn for home, and Epicenter's going to be in front, and Zandon's going to try to run them down, and blah, 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 blah. And everybody, I was right, uh, until Sonny yeah. Leone decided to put one of the most amazing rides on one of the most improbable horses in the history of horse racing. I knew a guy, I was at Mohegan Sun doing my annual gig for the Derby. I do it for Breeders' Cup as well. Um, it's one of the few uh, freelance gigs I kept when I took the full-time job with Nyron being the year, Vegas Insider being the other. Um, he had an all-ball in the pick five, and he got back 243000 or whatever it was. Um, my friend Joe up at Malik and Son. So oh, I saw that. I, yeah. I saw that payoff anyway. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you find that horse without the all button. Yeah, but he won. I'll tell you 
He came in last Tuesday night, Joe, um, to late, late Tuesday into Wednesday, and he could not be doing better here. He really is taken to Belmont Park. You know, one of the big things about getting around the main track here is the mile and a half. And even during training hours, you know, horses will get a little lost when they're training because if, if, at most places, if you jog or gallop two miles, yeah. you're going around twice. Well, here, if you jog or gallop two miles, you're really starting your jog on the, on the far turn. And he's switching his leads in the right places. Like he's really, really acclimated well. Um, so, you know, for people like myself who think he's a Churchill down specialist and that place is so quirky, you either love it or you hate it, that racing surface. He obviously loves it. Um, if you're worried about that, I don't know if I'd be that worried. He's really, really Hmm. settled in nicely here. Okay. Well, uh, Bill, uh, and Anthony, uh, you know, lay people or so many casual bettors on Kentucky Derby Day, they ask you, well, why didn't you bet that horse? Did you like that horse? And no, 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 no. But, you know, and going back explaining, well, he got a really fast pace and uh, he had won at that track the only other time by 17 lengths. Um, other than that, and then he got this once-in-a-lifetime ride from Sonny Leone, as you mentioned, just a tremendous, tremendous ride. And other than that, I, you know, I don't know. How did you explain it off, Bill? Well, yeah, you take a look at a horse like Barber Road, who went uh, 10 wide and ended up uh, five lengths off the off of uh, Rich Strike at the end. So Trip certainly made the, the difference for, for Rich Strike. What I want to ask Anthony about was uh, the Morning Line favorite, not because I'm in love with it, We the People, but he has the inside post. He's probably going to be going out for the front end. Yes, it's a mile and a half race, but you still always try to identify uh, early speed. What's your opinion of We the People uh, on Saturday? You know, he's done nothing wrong, Bill. I was uh, I was a big fan. I bet a lot of money on him in the Arkansas Derby. Uh, Maggie Wolfendale was down there for us covering for America's Day of the Races, covering for Fox. And, you know, she talked, she talked about how, how bad he washed out and behaved. Then he had a terrible trip. Um, like I said, I bet a lot of money on him. The track got weird for the Peter Pan. It rained mm. middle of the day. We had to seal it. Um, I wonder how much that track played a role in his 103 buyer speed figure. Yeah. I'm a fan of his. And like you said, he's got everything in his favor on Saturday. He's inside. He's loose. There's not even a, a, a chasing type in the race. If Flavian Pratt wants to be three in front, he should comfortably be two or three in front. You know, it's almost like American Pharaoh's Belmont. Yeah. You would think he's going to have that kind of a lead going down the backstretch, just like this real comfortable lead, not going that fast on the front end. I do wonder how much that track helped him the other day. And I wonder how far he's going to go. I do wonder how far he's going to go. He's going to come back in four weeks now. He ran the biggest fig of his life. We'll see how much the track trumped it up. Um, but he's he's dangerous. I'm not going to tell you he's not dangerous. But at that price, I don't know how keen I am keen I am on him in the wind pool. Yeah, and the last Peter Pan winner to win the Belmont was Tonalist, I believe, in 2014. What? My favorite horse of all time. Oh, oh yeah, I, 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 I kind of. I wouldn't be doing what I. I wouldn't <laughs> be doing what I'm doing now 
uh, if he didn't win the 2015 Cigar Mile. I made about 30000 when he won the Belmont that year mm. um, in 2014, and uh, the money meant nothing. I was ready to kind of give things up and go work for my uncle doing real estate and stuff, and uh, he kind of re- reignited the spark in me in 2015. So if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be here. So I, get, I always get a little choked up when people mention him, <laughs> and uh, this time of year is really, really special to me because I love the Belmont and my boy. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, AP Indy did it, of course, um, back in 1992, so we're, we're on the 30-year anniversary of AP Indy, the eight-year anniversary of Tonal was doing it. Other horses have used it. Sir, uh, Sir Winston was second in the global campaign back in 2019. He was second in the Peter Pan. He got the job done. Mark mm-hmm. Cash is going to try and uh, get catch lightning in a bottle again with Golden Glider, who was second to We the People in the Peter Pan. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, Lemon Drop Kid. Back in 1999, he finished, I think he was off the board in the Peter Pan, but he used the Peter Pan as a springboard to a Belmont upset. So horses, you know, not just horses that have won the Peter Pan, but yeah, other horses have used the Belmont, the Peter Pan as a springboard. Drozelmeyer, 2010, we renamed the Peter Pan. Um, one year we didn't run the Peter Pan. It was renamed to keep a grade of another race. I can't remember what it was at this point, but we renamed the race to keep a grade and Drozelmeyer won what, would traditionally be the Peter Pan. He finished second to flat out, but not flat out. Um, wow. I can't remember the name of the horse that we wound up beating in the uh, fly down. He finished second to fly, fly down. down. Okay. And, uh, so, so a lot of horses have used this race, not just the winners, but a lot of horses have used the Peter Pan as a springboard to Belmont State's, uh, glory. Okay. Well, uh, had a couple of favorites the last couple of years, or I'm not sure exactly if Essential Quality was the favorite. I think he was last year. And tis, he was, yeah, he was. Yeah. He absolutely was. And tis yeah. the law of the year before. And there's been some huge payoffs in the Belmont. And Anthony's had on a couple nine to ones, and you had that five year stretch where you picked it every year. Um, it's been a, a race you've seen pretty clearly, and there's not many in North America anymore at a mile and a half. So, Take us through your thoughts on uh, ending up in the winner's circle on Saturday. You know, this is one of the first years I really haven't uh, haven't really uh, trumpeted who I liked in the in the Belmont because I didn't know if it was going to happen. But I've been hoping since mid January that Todd Fletcher would run the Philly Neck in mm-hmm. the Belmont Stakes. Um, and as this crop developed, I, I really feel like a, a lot of these horses have some distance limitations, whereas she looks like she is going to eat up as much ground as they throw in front of her. And Todd pretty much said as much uh, at the the draw Tuesday, basically said, you know, look, we nominated her back in January. We weren't thinking Derby or Preakness. We were thinking Belmont Hmm. speaks with her. Um, You know, she runs, she's built, she's a a massive filly. She's built like she's going to handle as much distance as they throw at her. Her pedigree, she's by Curlin out of an AP Indy mare. Curlin, of course. I mean, that would be poetic justice, right? Uh, Todd beat Curlin with a Philly in Rex to Riches 15 years ago, and now he's going to try to win it with a Philly by Curlin. I think that would be pretty amazing. Her full brother is Idol, the big cap winner from a couple of years back. So, I, I you know, a mile and a half, I think a year where you got some, 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 some of these Colts and Geldings who are really going to have some distance question marks. I just think she's going to relish the mile and a half. I also think that the longer they go, the more tactical she's going to be. Um, you know, and this is a Philly that Todd, he debuted her in a mile and a 16th. 
He cut her back to run her an attempted at the big A after she broke her maiden first out to run her the mile. But she's never been shorter than a mile. So he's made it pretty well known since the beginning of her career that distance was going to be her friend. Um, and, you know, there really aren't any other options for her. The Mother Goose is a great two in a few weeks. Um, that's at a mile and a 16th. He doesn't really want to wait till the coaching club of American Oaks and the Alabama up at the spa. So I just think this is a great, great spot for her. I think Jose Ortiz, who rode one of Todd's three Belmont Stakes winners, he won over Tapper 2017, of course, the Philly in 2007, and then 2013 with Palace Malice. He had Tapper a lot closer than Tapper usually was. I think the same thing will happen on Saturday. I think we the people will go to the lead, and if nobody goes, I wouldn't even be surprised if she's sitting a loose pocket second to him. That's that's the trip I would love. Yep, I would love either somebody to be pressing we the people, or her to be just sitting in the pocket and and, and go and be the first one to come calling on him. I would not have any problem with that trip because I think she's that good, and I certainly think the mile and a half is going to be right in her wheelhouse. I agree, Anthony. She's probably going to be my pick, even though I think she'll get bet a little bit. I have massive respect for your morning line odds maker, David Aragona, who does a fabulous job making the line. But if you just, yeah, but if you just take a look at the line, you're like, well, you know, I, I eight to one might be a little too generous for her. I know her numbers are not as gaudy as some of the others, but um, but I, I do think that she'll take some action. My second choice, I want to get your thoughts on on this uh, cult creative minister who uh, ran in a greatest stakes for the first time in the Preakness stakes, was in a little bit of tight, ran on decently, finished third in the Preakness, uh, couldn't out-finish Epicenter. Um, but, he, you know, he seems to be still improving. Only four career starts. What's your thoughts on on Creative Minister for uh, Kenny McPeak? Preakness was a good result for me. If he's second in the Preakness, they, I would have had to wait till the next day to get my money from Belmont <laughs> Park. And I'm not even exaggerating. Because it was late in the day and they probably couldn't have paid me. Um, at the very least, there would have been a call from the money room. I needed him second for like a like roses need rain. Um, and I'm not holding a grudge against him. I feel like he flattened out the last eighth of a mile. Yep. And I wonder how far he's going to want to go. This will also be his fifth race in 14 weeks, and he's had his own triple crown. Right, he ran on the Derby undercard. He ran in the Preakness. Now he's going to run on the Belmont. I think it's a lot to ask him right now. And I think off of his preakness, he's going to get some play. So he's actually one of the horses I'm going to fade in here. With that said, he's talented. I would not be surprised if he ran well. I just think he, he leveled off a little too much for me in the preakness. And I feel like this – I don't I didn't think the preakness was a lot to ask, but I think now this is a lot to ask. So this will be his fifth start in, like I said, in 98 days. Mm-hmm. It'll be his fifth start at his fifth different racetrack. So he shipped – um, he went from Florida to Kentucky. He had the two starts of Kentucky, so he just basically shipped back and forth from Keeneland to Churchill. And then he made the ship to, to Baltimore. He shipped from Baltimore back to Kentucky, now Kentucky to New York. To me, it's a lot to ask. Me, it's a lot to ask, but I think he's talented enough that he can get a piece just after me, but I, I, he wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's going to have to be a hell of an individual uh, to accept all that traveling and racing. Uh, Bill and I, we both gave out that horse, didn't we, on our Preakness uh, yeah. podcast, yeah. Creative Minister, 10 to 1 shot. And I, well, I also, I did like the winner, if you remember. Yeah, that's so, right. Yes. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah. So, what about, uh, I know a lot of racing fans are giving grief on some of the short fields, but. 
there is one race that it's just, even though it's just a field of five and really it's, you know, in essence, a field of four, the Met, the Met uh, mile, uh, the showdown between flight line speakers corner, and then seeing what Aloha West and happy Sabre can do. I know all the West coast people are, are going gaga over flight line. What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that, uh, on that race, race nine on, on Belmont yep. sticks day? So Joe will fill you in, Bill. Yeah, okay. I am not one to hide <laughs> my feelings or my opinion. Yes. I've been waiting since February, January or February, for Todd to commit to running Nest in the Belmont Stakes. Mm. I have been waiting since the Malibu for Flightline to come here. Because I cannot wait for Speaker's Corner to beat him from pillar to post on Saturday. Mm. I am making a very, very, very large wager on Speaker's Corner Saturday. He is the best one-turn horse in the country. I know Flightline exists, and I know John Sadler has had historical problems winning outside of California. Mm -hmm. This horse has essentially been in bubble wrap his entire career. He now has to come to Bill Mott's backyard. That horse gets to run out of his own stall, and he's got to run against him He's got to go a mile for the first time against a horse who is established at that distance as any horse in this country is right now. He will have the target on his back. Junior Alvarado and Speaker's Corner will not let Flightline get out of their sights too much. And I think Speaker's Corner is going to put it on his head Saturday. So this is what I'm doing. I like a horse Friday. We're in the middle of our Belmont Stakes Racing Festival. We're five races in. There's a horse running for, entered Friday in the Belmont Gold Cup. It's the longest race, longest stakes race we card uh, on the flat throughout the year. It's two miles on the turf. There's a horse named Box and Score who's coming back in a week for trainer Jonathan Thomas. I'm starting a parlay on Friday. I'm betting Box and Score in the Belmont Gold Cup, two miles. He's the number eight. I'm taking the money, and I'm betting it to win on Speaker's Corner in the Met Mile. And then I'm taking the money. And I'm betting it's a win on Nest in the Belmont States. Old fashioned win parlay. I like it. Man, if he hits that, it's that. Boxing score gets beat. beat. I'm coming back with a parlay on Belmont Day, Speaker's Corner onto Nest. And I'm not, Joe will tell you, if I tell you I'm doing something, I'm doing something. I'm I'm making both parlays big enough to put a down payment on a house when they come back from Saratoga. That ain't easy to do these years. Hey, what's up, boxing score morning line? I didn't check. He's got to okay. be 8, 10, 12. Okay. One. I'd imagine he's a big number. Yeah. Now that, uh, yeah, we're talking uh, down payment type uh, on that deal. Although, uh, Speaker's Corner probably will be pretty close to his 8 to 5 morning line in that short field. Yeah. But that's a heck of a matchup. <laughs> this flight line hype is, is unbelievable. I know he's fast, but. I want to see that guy win outside of California. I want him. I want to see him come to Bill Mott's backyard. I was going to walk out of Barn Twenty Five. So Speaker's Corner is going to walk out of Barn Twenty Five on Saturday morning. In, in the two for two with Belmont, two for two at the mile. Good luck. I know. I know. Listen, I'm as big an East Coast biased guy as there is out there. I fully admit that. But I'm telling you. This horse is in for one heck of a horse race on Saturday. This is not 
these short fields in California. He's running against a very, very, very real racehorse on Saturday. I think he's going to go home with his feelings hurt. Hey, I'm drooling. I'm drooling on this matchup, flight line and speaker's corner. That is a, a heck of a uh, race a couple hours or so before the Belmont on Saturday. So Big A's got gave us boxing score on Friday in the Belmont Gold Cup, Speaker's Corner in the Met Mile, and Nest, the Philly now, Nest now, Nest in the Belmont Stakes. That is uh, great stuff. And uh, can we catch you on uh, Fox Sports New York this week? We'll be on, starting next week, I'm on like every day the rest of the month. This We, we have limited coverage uh, on Saturday because of the NBC, but you can catch the whole team. We'll be doing a big national simulcast show uh, from like 2.30 to through the Belmont Stakes. I'm covering two of the races. I believe I'm covering the, the Ogden Fips. We even get a chance to talk about the Fips. Four grade one winners and Bonnie South, who you feel like should be a grade one winner. Um, I think Clary is going to upset that race. Looking forward to that. And my man, Lee Einstein, is going to go try to go back to back with Casa Creed and the Jiper. Always rooting for Lee. Lee's a great guy. Donates a lot of money. PDJF, everybody. He's just a, a, a good soul. Always rooting for him and Mike Francesa with, uh, with Casa Creed in that Jiper. But yeah, I catch, uh, America's Day of the Races, Fox Sports 2. I have, I want to say six blogs up of covering all of the stakes action this weekend for the Belmont Stakes Racing Festival over at Naira Betts. There are tickets up for almost all of the two-day wagers. We have four doubles, a pick, a two-day pick four, a two-day pick six starting tomorrow. And then there's a turf triple play pick three on Saturday, as well as a lucky enough, Bill Joe, there's a Met Mile Belmont Stakes double for the first time this year. Ooh. So I'm going to check out that pool. Maybe instead of the parlay, I'll make a double. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to cannibalize myself. I don't want to stop betting against myself. So I'll probably just keep it to the win parlay and make a little bit of a token double just to say we hit it. But um, and I, I think Mo Donegal's the other horse in the Belmont Stakes. Yeah. Uh, so the picks in the Belmont are 3-6-1-8. I got Weaver People third. Barbara Road fourth. Bubba Road getting the rider change to Joel Rosario with one, two Belmonts. Of course, Tonalist in 2014, Sir Winston in 2019. Um, not that Ray Lugutierrez did anything wrong, but when you come to a place like Belmont Park and you can get a guy who's, I think Joel's the best rider in the country. For my money, Joel's the best. And he's obviously somebody who has a ton of success here at Belmont and won the race twice. You got to make that upgrade. Um, so I'm going to play the race three over 168. A little three-six box. You know, I think Todd's going to get his fourth one, but I, I really think the Phillies going to get the job done. But there's tickets, selections, there's tip sheets up. Everything's up over at NairaBets.com. You just go into the expert section and you see my uh, my newly uh, my, my 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 newly slimmed down mug, and you just mm-hmm. click on uh, there and there's tip sheets, wagers. Well, that's blog, good to know. You name it. That is good to know. Yeah, thanks for that date. I I wasn't aware of that. So. Uh, Naira Betts, uh, check out Anthony's stuff as we all love to do out here out west. And I'll, I'll just uh, go over that with Bill that, you know, don't, don't uh, expect too much when it's east versus west from the big A, Anthony Stabil. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Belmont Week. You got me fired up for Saturday. I've been doing a lot of Emerald Down stuff this week. So uh, I am now fired up through you, which uh, has happened before. So thanks so I much. Like, I feel like because- I feel like I've become the unofficial hype man for the New York Racing <laughs> Association. Uh, it's not in my job title, but it's certainly something that I uh, that that I love to do. So, best of luck to everyone, Joe. As always, you're the best. You've had we've been doing this for 18 years now. Yep. And- 
I always love coming on and visiting with my friends in the Pacific hey. Northwest. So thank you for having me. Love having you. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. Big A, Anthony Stabile joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, thanks so much for his expertise. And what about uh, the Little East versus West matchup there, Flight Line and uh, um, his Speaker's Corner, speakers corner the uh, New York superstar Myler Sprinter? Yeah, you know, a lot of the, the favorites at Belmont on uh, Belmont Stakes Day drew the one post. So unless there's some sort of speed bias, that's going to be difficult. You don't break, and all of a sudden you get into shuffle town, or you have to you have to uh, take all the pace pressure and, and then hold off the closers. It's it's you know flight line will be like like Anthony said. There, this is not a an easy soft spot, even though it's really just a, kind of a field of four because the the one horse should be five hundred to one in the race but uh yeah speaker's quarter is legit and i i'm 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 kind of holding the same opinion um you know in races like that you gotta take you gotta take a stand because you you know you, you can't really you know play two favorites on top or no. you can't play you know once you're playing um uh wagers pick threes pick fours pick fives you gotta make decisions and so that might be a decision that i make as well uh just like anthony okay well uh great to have the big a anthony stabile on and uh we will come back with our third and final segment here on Horse Racing Northwest in just a moment. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. We're making big waves with Beach Day Giveaway at Muggleshoot Casino. Win up to $50,000 on Friday, June 10th, 17th, and 24th inside Galaxy. Earn entries daily when you play using your Muggleshoot Rewards card. Your first entry is free. Beach Day Giveaway, this June at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Anyone at three in the Gold Cup, S&M Express leads the charge, and Scuffy Piconi is challenging at the inside, now comes to the outside. It's a slugfest to the finish, S&M Express, and Scuffy Piconi! And the final jumps has won it. That was the finish of last year's Muckleshoot Gold Cup, one of the great finishes in the series history. We've had a couple uh, real dramatic finishes. Um, Scoppy Pacuni won it last year. The Blackfeet Nation and their top rider, Chris Carlson. He has been a star in Indian relay racing. I'm Scoppy Pacuni, the defending champion for the Muckleshoot Gold Cup, which is next week, June 17th, 18th, and 19th. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, live racing each day. Our first stakes races of the meeting coming up on Sunday, June 19th. Bill, Anthony Stabil still got me fired up from that last segment uh, with all his enthusiasm on Belmont Week. And I'm getting ready for Indian Relay and Emerald Downs. Hey, we have a really neat retired racehorse story this week as well. There's only two living progeny of Secretariat alive, living. I said that. There's a mare in Pennsylvania, and there is Border Run in Monroe, Washington, at the home of Curtis and Margot Wright. And they've had him for 11 years now. He started as a $650,000 yearling purchase from D. Wayne Lucas, W.T. Young. And uh, he had a career. He won a lot of races and several races in Southern California. But he is 34 years age, and he is a retired racehorse, and he is the only living son of Secretariat. 
So catch that here at the track all weekend and uh, next week on YouTube as well. Okay, Vince is going to hold off from selections for this weekend. He does our morning line. But, Bill, let's talk a little Emerald Downs and or Belmont Stakes Handicap. And uh, where are you going to go for your selection? Well, I think... Your first one, anyway. Well, Belmont, I'm I'm, I'm in agreement with Anthony. I do like uh, Nest. I thought in the Kentucky Oaks that uh, Secret Oath kind of got the jump on Nest. Nest was behind Phillies in that race where Secret Oath circled up wide and was uh, two lengths in front of her turning for home. And, and that was the uh, final margin as well. And Nesta, I thought, ran very strongly in defeat. And, of course, uh, the, the pedigree angle with uh, Curlin out of an AP Indy mare uh, says that she'll uh, enjoy the distance. And uh, I think in a, in a race, there's some still some question marks. I'm not, not going to bet uh, Rich Strike at 7-2 to or 4-1. to one. That's just not going to be me. Um, but uh, Nest is, is, is my pick in the Belmont Stakes. And then after that, you know, we got this uh, feature race on Saturday, uh, allowance optional claiming race for three-year-old fillies. Zazen is the, the morning line favorite eight to five, who she ran terrific, got a, a big number uh, in comparison to the rest of the field, a uh, daughter of Grayson for trainer Blaine Wright, taking on winners for the first time. And but there's a lot of speed in that race. Golden Glitter's got some early lick, and Channing Way's got some early lick as well. And we were talking off air, Joe, and we both kind of like uh, the six we got. Mm. We got a we got to drinking. We got to drinking uh, for Jennifer Nunley taking the blinkers off. Race the last time out off the long layoff really wasn't that fast of a pace. She likes to come from the clouds, and I think she gets a pretty good pace setup. Uh, they're taking the blinkers off. And I think that, you know, in terms of price, eight to one in Vince's morning line, she might be one to, to include uh, in the exotic bets. Uh, so in case Zazen, uh, you know, runs off the screen again, uh, maybe uh, follow it up with a, a, a three six uh, box and a little bit of a win bet on uh, the six as well. Yeah. Kevin Radke back on her? Yes. That's great. Yeah. Uh, she has a little talent, you know. She's a big, long strider, and five and a half furlongs is not going to be ever her distance. She gets a little more ground, and as you mentioned, maybe a little pace set up, second off the layoff. Uh, yeah, we we like that horse at eight to one. We got to drinking on Saturday. Uh, Friday, I like classic Leah to run well, second off the bench for trainer Vince Gibson. Classic Leah's in on, on Friday. I believe it's the fifth race, isn't it? Maybe it's the sixth. Yeah, sixth race on on Friday. She's seven to two on Vince's morning line. Kevin Orozco aboard Classic Leah. She chased that hot pace last time out, held on for second. She has five career victories. And though she's run well around two turns, several seconds, a third in there, all five of her wins are in sprints. And she's very tactical. I look for her to run a, a good race. I know heat-seeking Lita did uh, go by her, but that was a horse that laid off the pace and closed into a to a strong pace. So I'll take Classic Leah on uh, Friday. Did you pick that race? Uh, yeah, I, I, I put Classic Leah in my top three, no okay. doubt. Uh, I think that she could get the lead, and that's where she didn't get the lead last time out, and that's where potentially uh, things can uh, turn mm-hmm. the tables on heat-seeking Lita. Yeah, one I, I liked a little bit last time was Red Noon Rising, once again, for... Uh, Joe Toy and uh, with Kevin Racky aboard and she finished fourth behind uh, those two and 
you know, I, maybe the extra half furlong will, will help her a little bit. Um, it she should. Likes, she, she likes to come from off the base. It's just going to be how the race is going to be run. Yeah. You know, classic Leah gets to the front end and changes everything. But if it becomes another contested pace, it could be heat seeking Leah again. Uh, it could be a, a few different ones uh, in that starter allowance race as race, race six on Friday night. Yep. First race, 7 p.m. It's a $5 Friday at Emerald Downs. And okay, so yeah, we were both on uh, Red Noon Rising there on May 29th. In the end, she was only beaten two lengths, so uh, she could improve in her second Emerald Down start a little bit. She hasn't won in a few races now. Maybe that's why I went over to Classic Leah, who is tactical. All right, so it is Belmont Stakes Week, and uh, the NBA Finals are underway. And I was uh, sitting with Bill before, I think it was, uh, wasn't that Game 7? between Boston and Miami. No, it was game one of uh, the NBA Finals is what it was. And I was thinking, I was telling Bill, uh, I, I think Golden State has too many shooters. Boston plays hard, and they've got two really solid scorers in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But I just felt Golden State has option A, B, C, D, you know, from uh, three or just a lot of a lot of versatile scores. And Bill, Bill was saying, well, you know, Boston's defense is awful good. And boy, after watching last night's game, Bill, that was some incredible intensity on defense. I mean, they made a pact in the days before or leading up that uh, we are going to contest everything. And how about the rebounding, too? Boston contested every offensive rebound when they missed, and there were no Golden State players around ever when they shot and missed. So Boston just dominated. Yeah, Williams down low. He's, uh, for defensive purposes, a game changer. And even though he's coming off that uh, knee injury and he's not playing the full complement of minutes, when he's in there, it really shuts down Golden State's inside game. Then Looney doesn't do anything, and Draymond's not really a scorer anyway. And so they control the paint, and that's always one of the ways to win the basketball games, even in this day of age. Mm. And, you know, now Steph Curry was, was out for the final four minutes, got caught underneath Al Horford. He'll play, but they need Curry to play his a game. And on top of that, he needs guys like Draymond to, to do a little bit more, even yeah. though he's not a score. He didn't really do much in terms of rebounds or assists. He fouled a lot of guys. And he, and he yelled at, you know, he likes yelling at the Boston fans. It's like him and like Barkley with the, the Golden State fans. They don't, they don't like each other. And they were chanting some bad things at him. And uh, Draymond didn't, uh, didn't like it at all, which I, you know, he's a human being. I wouldn't like it either. But, uh, He's got to play better if 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 this is going to be a series and 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 Steph's got to play you know got to play and he's got to play well I mean if he's going to be compromised I don't know so I, I think this next game is you know obviously the one that uh, Golden State needs to to tie it up if not three one and you're just uh, you're almost at the finish line there so it's it'll be exciting there that next game yeah that's a, it's a, a heck of a matchup. Uh, Size out there wondering, am I producing the right show here? What are these guys talking about out there? What about a little uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Vince? Uh, Rangers in Tampa, the defending two-time champs, right, yeah, Tampa? And Colorado's resting up. They uh, swept aside Edmonton. You know, Edmonton had a pretty good run with Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, just terrifically exciting, talented players. But the goaltending was a little lax. Uh, a little a little yeah, being kind well you know 41 year old mike smith has one knows i was kind of achilles heel but they did 
knock out Calgary, so you got to give them some credit. Uh, but interesting more is the Eastern Conference Finals. The Rangers won the two in Madison Square Garden, and they jumped up on Tampa 2-0 in Game 3 at Tampa. They kind of took an ill-advised penalty, and they let the champs back in. We've seen what that happens. They end up losing 3-2, and then Tampa dominates Game 4. And I'm kind of surprised Tampa's actually, Tampa Bay is actually favored in Madison Square Garden hmm. tonight. I think it's minus 125. Uh, whoever wins tonight, I'm pretty sure, is going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, okay. But, boy, the Rangers, if they lose this, they they kind of let this series slip away. And you oh, can't, look, Game three, they'll look at it and go, oh, gosh. You can't do that with a veteran team like Tampa Bay going for their third straight cup. But I'm really looking forward to it. And I picked Tampa Bay to win it all before the playoffs started. Um, and and they were eighth in their conference this yeah, year? Yeah, they had some injury problems. And, you know, there were never no real danger of not making the playoffs. And they're a veteran team. And uh, uh, they beat Toronto in seven really tough games. Uh, so they swept Florida. Toronto almost won a playoff series? They almost did, but they, again, they lost. So uh, it, it's it, I'm really looking forward to tonight's game. So, Very good. Yeah. Okay, uh, sports shorts. Uh, I'll go first. Um, Mike Mann's gold is the track's all-time leading horse for wins, 26. And by the way, he's not retired. He hasn't been training uh, significantly, but uh, uh, Greg Conley reports that they're waiting for a little bit better weather to get him going. And 26 wins for him. First win, first to horse to win 20 victories at this track was West Seattle Boy. And the first horse to win 10, not so easy, but uh, I looked it up. And the odd winter meeting of 96-97, we raced till November, I believe, 17th in our inaugural season. And then there wasn't any simulcasting going on around the state, so we just decided to have a winter meeting. This horse won four races at the winter meeting, and it was only like a 28-day meet. Pretty Peggy Slew was her name. She was born in 1991, Washington bred daughter of Slootledoo. She won, she had 10 wins by the end of 1998 here at Emerald Downs, ended up with 17 career victories. First to 10 wins was pretty Peggy Slew. Vince. Okay. Uh, tomorrow is June 10th, which marks the 44th anniversary of a pretty great race between Affirmed and Alidar mm-hmm. in the 1978 Belmont Stakes. We all know Affirmed. Uh, one at they say Ali Dar actually got ahead in front at about the eighth pole. Do you think he did, Joe? That was really close. I did. I thought yeah. he did at one one stride or two strides. He might have had uh, got the bob on him. And Firm came back and got him. And I was, uh, you know, there was no simulcast in those days. And I used my dad's pickup truck, went down to the track, and I bet the gas money on the last race, the exactor race that day, and I ran out of gas right by Lee Johnson's Chevrolet there in Kirkland <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> had to walk like oh, the last two okay. miles. Dang yeah, I was 18 it. You years didn't old. win that last race. I so. did not. Okay. I had I put the $2 in the in the ashtray in the pickup, so I couldn't bet it, so I'd have gas money. for. But I after the feature race, I walked all the way back out, got the $2, and... and Went and bet it, knowing it would be cutting it close, and I ended up running out of gas. So I watched that race, Aladar affirmed at Churchill Downs. I was Did out there really? selling oh, yeah. basketball rims that summer or that year, and I I watched that race at yeah, Churchill. Yeah, and it's so much different now. They showed it on tape delay at the track. I remember that, so I didn't even see that race live. Mm. But you know, it was different. Everyone didn't have social media, so the word wasn't really out. 
You How far did you have to walk when you ran out of gas? About two and a half miles. Yeah. So, okay. and it, yeah. <laughs> I was too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like the first year I even remember anything. I just know my dad, my late dad, was a big Alidar fan. Mm. And so he just got, you know, heart heartbreak all three uh, legs of the Triple Crown. But uh, so I was at that time, you know, my dad, I was like, he liked it. I liked it. So great, great, yep. great rivalry. Okay. First career race, 24th of May, 77 at Belmont Park. Do you know what Affirmed went off at? He was ridden by Benny Gonzalez in his career debut of Maiden Special Weight. 14.3 to Jeez. 1 and one off by four and a half lengths. So you got a $30.60 mutual. On was Las Barrera training him in his first race? Yep. Do we know that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Las Barrera was not there that day. Okay. Uh, someone else saddled the horse, but he was the trainer. Yeah. That's a big number because he's by exclusive native, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. super well bred. That was one of the best sires of the 70s. By exclusive native out of a crafty admiral mare named Won't Tell You. And he bid a horse called Innocuous, who was the favorite in there. But yeah, he won by four and a half and 106 flat for five and a half furlongs. And you got $30.60. 22 out of 29 lifetime. Right? $2.9 million, yeah. which was a lot of money for back then. Okay, we're making, we're Bill, we're aging you here, so... On to you. <laughs> well, my sports short is is a bit short, I guess. Uh, I'm taking that literally this week. Only three fillies have won the Belmont Stakes. The last time it happened was in 2007 uh, by a filly named Rags to Riches. And Rags to Riches was trained by Todd Pletcher in my pick and Anthony's pick in the, in the Belmont Stakes. This year is Nest, the three-horse, trained by Todd Pletcher. Pletcher. Nest. Full circle. Yeah. You know, Nest was beaten by D. Wayne Lucas's horse there in the Kentucky Oak, Secret Oath, and she's a really good filly. And Nest was solid second. uh, And uh, the points Anthony made and Bill, uh, that she's going to like the mile and a half. She's tactical. That's, that's That's a heck of a matchup. That 2007 Triple Crown Series was a good one, too. Was it? Street Sense and Curlin and. You bet. Yeah. And Rags to Riches. Hard Spun. Yeah, they were awesome all really again, good horses. Or awesome, awesome gem. He, I don't think he ran in any of those, but he was that age. Yeah, right. He, he yeah. was third in the Breeders' Cup that year. Two-year-old of 2006, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's Bill's sport short. The Philly angle in the Belmont Stakes. So we just have trivia left. We didn't get any, uh, I didn't get any answers that I saw. My email is sort of messy like my desk area but uh <laughs> the the horse that uh finished last in the mile and came back and won it the next year that was times rush 1973 it was last when silver mallet won and he came back to run down red eye express in the final 16th at long acres in 1974 times rush so who is the most recent horse to finish second in the mile and then go on and win it I know that answer. Yeah. Okay. That one, you know, and the scale of difficulty isn't nearly as strong. Uh, Before that, it was a lot of years back into the 80s. But name the horse that finished second in the Long Acres Mile one year, came back to win it the next. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday racing upon us and Belmont Stakes. So fellas, enjoy. I'm sure you will. Oh, yes. And more work to do. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.